Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, it's Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Give us a follow at 560 WQAM. On the way, Joe Rose and Dan Fouts going to chat. Both those guys played in the NFL. Both those guys in broadcasting. One was a little more successful than the other, but we're not going to get into that. Also, Dan Levitard talking with Miami's own MMA fighter, George Mazdaval, plus... The Naked Cowboy stops by to do some singing and talking sports. Then Stephen A. Smith, even by Stephen A. Smith standards, gets real fired up about this new California sports law. But right now, let's step into the day spa. (sighs) The day spa, always so nice and serene. I'm going to give you sports headlines, and then we're going to take a downward turn. Tonight's NFL action features the Panthers versus the Bucks at 8. Sunday, the Dolphins play New England here in Miami starting at 1. Listen to the game on 560 The Joe WQAM. The Marlins could not avoid a four-game sweep at the hands of the Brewers earlier today, losing 3-2. Next up for the Fish, the Giants in San Francisco tomorrow night at 10-15. The Heat have exercised the fourth-year option on Bam Adebayo. The center averaged 9 points, 7 rebounds, and 1 block for the team last year. Heat get their season started in Miami against Memphis October 23rd. Team USA was defeated again today. This time it was to Serbia, 94-89 in the FIBA World Cup 5th place game. This is the worst a professional-led national team has finished at the tournament. Kane's coaches say they're excited about the offensive line's improvement from Week 1 to 2. Week 3 for Miami starts Saturday at 4 against Bethune-Cookman. Here's that downward turn. Police recently responded to what they believed was a fight at a Maryland Days Inn, but in fact was actually just two ladies having sex loudly. The story does end in a fight, though. Apparently, one of the women was angered that her sex was broken up and fought with hotel staff. Eventually, a gun was fired off. No one was hurt, but she is my hot mess of the day. An Idaho man recently broke a Guinness World Record, breaking 98 pencils in one minute. That guy needs a new hobby or to take up drinking, or something. Finally, dozen Finnish soldiers were injured the other day accidentally by a group of reindeer. Ooh, feeling safe in Finland yet? Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for isolated showers with temperatures in the mid-80s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. Joe Rose, Dan Fouts. Of course, everyone from every era knows Dan Fouts, whether it's from his playing days or from his announcing days. Those two guys, you get together, you get gold from them. That's all I got to say. They're going to be talking about Fouts living out there. His thoughts on the Dolphins, any hope for the rest of the league versus New England, and, like Bruce Springsteen would sing, 
glory days. We could be either going to San Diego. Right. We could be going to Oregon out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Or he could be here in South Florida. Well, I'm going to guess you're probably right on one of those three. Dan Fouts joins us right now. 32 years of broadcasting. Damn, Dan. 10 years working with Ian Eagle. I'm actually kind of <laughs> jealous of that. We love Ian here for the NFL uh, and CBS. Dan, thank you so much for your time this morning. Welcome to the show. Out of the middle of nowhere, huh? Yeah, well, that's where I am. <laughs> hey, I think it was last year or the year before you you had your wife and you guys were showing me the pictures and you back up to, like, all this state land or government land. I'm like, Dan, like, I mean, everybody likes private. Privacy, man, you've taken it to a new level, man. You, you, you ever want to get back closer into a city or, or no shot? I do every Sunday, Joe. Come on. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, that's fair enough. Hey, uh, Dan, want to ask you, uh, so obviously you've had a chance to see and hear all the comments of uh, what a 59-10 to 10 loss looks like, seven, touch, seven touchdown loss. What were your thoughts, and as you get ready for this one, how do you treat it with uh, with this roster? Well, you hope that history will repeat itself and the Dolphins will upset the uh, Patriots in Miami again, as they've done so many times the last couple of years. So uh, this is going to be a test, though. There's no question, and there's no sugarcoating it, uh, obviously. You're playing against uh, the best team in football right now in the you know, a dynastic team in in the Patriots. And if you look back at their last two games, the Super Bowl and then last, uh, you know, against the Steelers, you see their defense has given up just six points, a couple of field goals. And when you hold down a Rams offense to three points in a Super Bowl, and then you open the season holding (laughs) Roethlisberger, to three points. You know, all the talk on, on New England's about Brady and this great offense, but that defense is turning into something else. Well, Dan, that's what I'm afraid of also, that Brady and the offense, after uh, all that point scored last week by Baltimore, and now possibly, and I say possibly with a, a exclamation point at the end, Antonio Brown joining that offense there in New England. Uh, it's kind of scary looking at that offense, but even more scary if Antonio Brown does and is able to join that offense. Yeah, there's no question. It, it, that's going to be the interesting thing is where do they uh, plug him in? Because, you know, you would think that he would take Philip Dorsett's spot, but Dorsett had a good game uh, last weekend against the Steelers. And, and of course, Josh Gordon is, is such a physical force, uh, and Edelman is going to catch his. And don't forget about James White out of the backfield and Rex Burkhead. So uh, Brady is dealing, you know, without Gronkowski, but and nobody's saying, boy, they, they really miss Gronkowski, don't they? Well, they don't miss him because of uh, the creativity of Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and the execution of Tom Brady. Dan, uh, we've all had a chance to play with some wackos and guys that have had serious issues, <laughs> uh, especially when we were playing. You ever seen anything like this Antonio Brown story going from the Raiders to helmet and feet and pouting and contract? Uh, he's a little different bird, man. What, what's been your take watching this story? Uh, it's just uh, surprising, you know, every time you turn around, but not uh, totally surprising when you look at his history and uh, histrionics, if you will. Uh, but you were talking about wackos. I thought you were talking about your career at Cal. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. hey, you know, I, yes. I think you get a hall pass Berkeley in the 70s. I, you know what? I've just kind of thought that was <laughs> – all part of the normal thing. So I got to tell you, Kim Bocamper and I were just talking about you, actually, on the on a bus on the game. And we're talking about Chuck Muncie, and, uh, who's no longer with us. But we still, and Bo says it too, it makes me feel better, San Jose State guy, still one of the greatest football players that that guy, what he put himself through, uh, his physical talent. Where does he rank for you for 
having Chuck Muncie in that great offense you had? Well, I never played with uh, anybody quite like him. Uh, uh, such a great guy that, uh, you know, he had some demons in his personal life. But on Sundays, when you turn around and, and hand him the ball, uh, there's a vacuum that goes right by you. Uh, and then he's on his way. Uh, tremendous uh, physical specimen, uh, tough guy, uh, and, and really a great teammate. So uh, we miss Chuck dearly. Uh, but again, you know, he, he uh, it was a product of the 70s, as you know, there in Berkeley. And uh, we'll, I ended we'll up in that. his dorm room a couple of times during <laughs> camp. I can't lie to you, Dan. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. That's a scary situation. I, got, I a, a, got a little smoky in there from time to time. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm not getting into all that. Hey, real quickly, too, as uh, as we look at it's incredible. Dan, in in this game now, this has been going on for almost two decades. And speaking of uh, of the whole situation going on, the Patriots playing in the same system, same free agency, same amount of money allow for every team have been able to dominate this long. It's incredible what they've done. I, I know sometimes fans get on me and call me an ass kisser of the Patriots, but what they've been able to do, Dan, you've been around this league a long time. Different guys at different positions except Brady and Belichick have been the same. What's your thoughts on what we've seen for almost two decades with that group? Uh, it is remarkable. There's no question. And uh, you, you mentioned the two most important guys, the head coach and the quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady's 42, 43 years old. It's incredible. Uh, you know, Belichick, for whatever you want to say about him, I mean, he may go down as the greatest coach of all time. And I know I'm talking to the Miami folks who, uh, you know, had the winningest coach of all time and Don Shula, who I I respect and really uh, appreciate what he accomplished. But uh, what's going on in New England, the, the stability that they have uh, is really remarkable. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's changed. And as I said, the focus now will become more on that defense uh, without really a defensive coordinator for the last two seasons, it appears. But the guy behind uh, the curtain, if you will, is Belichick. Dan, have a good call on Sunday Thanks, here Dan. in Miami. Appreciate we'll see you in a couple time. days, buddy. Thank you. All right. We'll see you. Thanks. Dan Fouts, a legend in the game and the Joe Rose Show, legendary in the Miami area, and you can hear it weekday mornings from 6 to 10 right here on 560 The Joe, WQAM. Up next, Dan Levitard keeps that Miami mojo going, talking to MMA fighter George Mazdavel, and even the Naked Cowboy stops by to sing a tune. It's the best of the Joe Show. It's the best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day, and you're listening to the glorious sounds of Rush. Happy birthday to the engine that drives the band, drummer Neil Peart. He is 67. Kind of a strange guy that makes strangely glorious music. Yeah, probably never going to tour with the band either again, because he says he's happy just staying at home with his family. And then when he gets tired of them, he takes his motorcycle out on the road. Speaking of being on the road... Earlier today, the Dan Levitard Show dropped in on New York City's Naked Cowboy. He does some singing and some sports betting talk with those guys. Plus, even drops some knowledge about Playgirl magazine. Then they come a little closer to home and talk with MMA fighter George Mazdaval about his big fight that's coming up on November 2nd, why he needs a raise, his training regimen, and he even drops an F-bomb. So we have been proving over the years that we can do this randomly, uh, sort of proving it. A couple of years ago, we proved it. Last year, we did not prove it. This year, after week one, we are not proving it. Colin Cowherd is 3-2 and two against the spread. 
John Cicada is gone as our celebrity prognosticator after going two and three. It's irrefutable that we are proving that we can do this randomly. (laughs) Yes. And so the point is, the experiment is running over several years. I think I'd like to know our combined overall Bruce Bochy record uh, has been to get random celebrities to pick games, whether they know football or not, and have them see how they do. And if they win, they continue to come back. So we're joined now by Robert John Burke. You might know him as the Naked Cowboy. Guillermo might know him. <laughs> Guillermo, put it on the poll at Levitard Show. Do you know who the Naked Cowboy is? Uh, everyone knows who the Naked Cowboy is if you know about New York, right? Oh, Roy, you don't know anything about the Naked Cowboy. No. Sorry, Naked Cowboy. Okay. Oh, man, you haven't seen music videos or TRL? No, he makes no. a lot of cameos. Yes, it's not just on the streets of Times Square, but he joins us now. Uh, should I call you Robert or should I call you Naked? Well, I'm the Naked Cowboy. Yeah. you. I'm the naked cowboy. You gotta do what you gotta do. Naked's fine. Okay, naked. Thank you for being on with us. I we, love you, man. We uh, we appreciate it. Can you tell us the story of how it is that this ended up being a thing where you make six figures out there on the streets of New York in your underwear and cowboy boots? Uh, well, it all started with a book called Unlimited Power. Tony Robbins. I was basically a troubled kid, a troublemaker, attention-getting type of kid. Uh, I read that book around end of high school year. I never read books before in my life, but it motivated me. I wrote out all these goals to be the most celebrated entertainer of all time, the richest, most famous man to ever live, exponential growth, my name, brand, net worth, all this kind of stuff. And I had done these mantras and kept, you know, so I had a, a big vision. I was shooting for Playgirl magazine in 1998, which I saw as a big modeling lead that would throw me into the movies. Anyway, I was in Venice Beach, California, shooting for the magazine. I was at that point also just transitioning into playing some country music, with, you know, with clothes on. I played on Venice Beach while I was in California with my clothes. I was ignored the entire day. The photographer suggested playing in my underwear, which I did the following day. People took pictures all day. I made the news and he called me Naked Cowboy. I went to my hometown. I did it there. Got arrested. Made the news. And when I got on a TV show, I pulled out my mantra, said I'd do this all over the world. It was going to be my vehicle to fame and fortune. I got in my car, drove from Cincinnati all the way to Key West, Florida, all the way to California, back, stopping in every city, calling the police and the news on myself, getting a basically a word of mouth epidemic, getting on the news every day. I got inside edition, hard copy. After two years of doing that, someone suggested driving east. They said, you get to the, you can get arrested every two hours and every, instead of every 12 hours because the cities are closer together. So I happened to bump into Times Square. It was so busy. I stayed at the Royal Motel, came back day two, day three, day six. Now I'm on 20 years, six months, and nine days, basically religiously every day, rain, sleet, snow. It doesn't matter. I'm here every <laughs> single day, and I travel around the world in the country. Wait, you do that in the know, cold, too? Every single day. I park in the same garage. 7,321 days today, uh, icon right here in the garage, you know, so it's even in 20 degrees, you can get out of the fur coat, get out of the warm garage, go up there for like 18 minutes, come back down for two hours, eat, work out, run up and down the garage, get ready for another performance. It's, it may only seem like 18 minutes, you know, but it seems like two hours, you know, so it takes the whole day. 11 to 7 to bring about three performances in 20 degrees, which is rare. It's usually not that cold. And, and for the, you know, now it's summer. I'm working 11 to 7, work all day, just like an ATM machine, nonstop money being dumped <laughs> in the car. And I travel all over. I've been to Japan twice, Germany, Australia, you name it. I've been everywhere as a, basically as an ambassador of New York City or, you know, something recognizable from here. And 
Now I'm the third rated attraction in New York City. I also have, I represent Naked Cowboy Oysters from the Blue Island Oyster Company. So all the oysters in Long Island Sound, 120 miles up to Connecticut, are all now Naked Cowboys, sold in over a thousand restaurants nationwide. We have a Naked Cowboy Oyster hot sauce. We have a new Sauvignon Blanc and a Viognier Naked Cowboy wines from Naked Winery. All right, you Naked need to Cowboy. stop. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to stop. And we breathe. need to stop. You need Let's to breathe. Go Play yeah, the yeah. imaging as quickly yeah, as yeah. you can, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. It's got a winery. And now it is time for Celebrity Prognosticators. Let's win some money. I still don't know who he is. Naked, we're going to ask you uh, the games now. We're going to ask for your picks, but we want you to sing the picks. Can you do that with your guitar and sing the picks for us? Well, maybe. All right, so Minnesota at Green Bay. Green Bay is minus three. Uh, Who does the Naked Cowboy have? For me, since I work naked, I'm going to go with the weather, and I would say Green Bay, even though it's it's a little further north, they'd probably be better off in the colder temperature. I'll go with Green Bay. All right, Green Bay. Green Bay. <laughs> Indianapolis at Tennessee. Lines provided here by Caesars. Tennessee, a three-point favorite at home. Who's naked got? Uh, my understanding is that the Titans must be a pretty new team because I don't even think I've ever heard of them. In Indianapolis, my father said that they're uh, – starting quarterback was out, so I'd still go with Tennessee, I think. Okay. Tennessee. Wait, wait. Rocky Top will always be home sweet home to me. How about that? That's uh, New, I'm rolling with everyone. New England thing. at Miami. Uh, Miami, just so that he could be on with us for three straight months. New England at Miami, plus 18 and a half. Who you got naked? Literally, last time I watched a football game that I was interested in, Anderson was throwing to Collinsworth. But I have seen so many Super Bowls because people trap me at their house for a party, and it seems like the Patriots can't lose. From what I've seen, it seems like they've won every Super Bowl I've ever seen. Your analysis is very good. There's nothing nothing wrong with your analysis. Buffalo at the New York Giants. You really failed us on the song there. You're going to punctuate it, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to create a little uh, anticipation for the next one. Buffalo Uh, at the New York Giants. The New York Giants are plus one and a half. Naked Cowboys going to go Giants there, right? I'm going to have to go Giants just because – Obviously, more people are going to see me that are going to be related to the Giants. I don't want to get my butt kicked in the middle of Times Square. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. New York Giants. Uh, New Orleans at the Rams. Rams a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who's naked got? I had to ask my dad who, what state or what uh, state the Rams were from. That's how little I knew about them. In New Orleans, I go there every year from Mardi Gras, so I'm going to go with the Saints. All right. The Saints. Not very scientific. I know that's fine. That's how we like it. Your analysis is fine. Thank you for being on with us. We appreciate it. Before we let you go, though, can you give me a number of weddings that you have done as the naked cowboy wearing only underwear, a cowboy hat, and a cowboy hat? What's an as an ordained minister? What's the number of weddings you've done? And almost probably six or seven years of being an ordained minister. I think I've probably only done about seven, and two of them were to the same people doing it over and over because I needed someone to do it for a TV show. Uh, thank people just you. don't see me as a minister for some reason. <laughs> thank you, Naked. We appreciate it. And he finally, after a decade and a half, gets to headline one of these things. Main event, UFC 244 in New York, November 2nd. Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. It's a fight that a lot of people want to see, and he wants you to see it because he gets a percentage of the pay-per-view. This is very exciting. It doesn't usually happen after 16 years. Now, uh, Jorge, before we get started, everyone in the studio, for some reason, is a little bit afraid of you. Actually, I know the reason. It took five seconds, uh, fastest knockout in UFC history, but they don't want to tell you out loud, hey, be careful with the cursing and speak into the microphone, Uh, but they would like you to be careful with the cursing 
and speak into the microphone if that is okay. Listen, off to a bad start. I'm not scared of you because you and I already fought and I, I took care of you. So listen, just into the microphone. Got him. Uh, I'm going to let you slide because I know you can scrap. <laughs> Nate Diaz, it, it seems to me uh, that Nate Diaz in some ways is a more difficult fight than Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is the payday or would have been the payday. Last time you were on with us, uh, you were saying, I want the payday of McGregor. Who is the better fighter in your mind, Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor? Conor's gotten two belts. Nate hasn't gotten a belt in the UFC, but if we're comparing them, them to each other, I thought Nate won both fights. The first one was clear. He tapped him. The second one, it was a decision. I thought I thought he won it as well. I was there live. I felt Nate won that decision. You respect Nate, right? Because oh, he, he's been in the game uh, for you know the tons same way you have been. Tons of respect. Never know allegations of steroids. Um, dude comes to fight, man. He's he's gotten outpointed before in the past, but his his will's never been in question. He never given up in a fight or took in a step back, you know? So those type of fights, man, it's like you feel alive. You wake up a little bit earlier. You go to sleep a little bit earlier. You eat what's right because on the other side, I have somebody that, that wants to take my soul, that wants to murder me, wants to embarrass me. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not. Nobody's taking my lunch money. So it, it just it makes you go through the suffering, the hell, a little bit easier, knowing that my opponent is that game, that he's going to come to get it just like I am. It, these are the fun ones for me. What is the difference between fighting a guy you respect? And I don't know. I guess you've got to respect everyone when you're in a fight. But it didn't seem, it didn't seem like you respected Ben Askren too much. I don't want to keep making people famous. But there's some dudes that the alarm goes off in the morning. It's not worth getting up early and running. And there's some guys that before that alarm goes off, I'm already awake. I'm, 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 I'm turning off the alarm before it goes off. And I'm getting after it. And... Nate is that guy, man. You know, there's a couple guys I've faced in my career. Eve Edwards was another guy that I was very like, whoa, this guy might end me, you know. Um, with Till, too, I was in very motivated, very in good shape, my mind very focused. These guys are killers. I'm not going to get killed, man. I'm I'm not getting killed. I'm going to be the killer. But it costs you, or it usually costs a fighter, to give that much respect to the guy. Like, how did he get this from you? Is it is it because— well, Watching him fight. Watching him fight. Not because, he, you know, he, he could have been a jerk and— Call me out in a different way, and I would still value his skill set, what he could do with the, the dog that he is, you know. That's his biggest attribute is his gameness. So I would still be in, in respect of it, knowing that, that he's going to come to fight, man. He's not going to come to point fight or, or try to hug me up till the referee separates us because people are bored of watching, you know. Put us there when you're getting the call that you're finally going to get a pay-per-view percentage, that you're going to finally headline a UFC event like this after literally coming from the streets of Miami, the streets of Miami that you, were, that you were fighting in when you were young. Uh, what was that call like? Whoa. Okay. Let's hit rewind on the HD DVR. Pause. Uh, I'm with my agent, Abraham. Man, until I get a call to fight, I'm not really alive. Let's say like the last time here I was in the show – it's like, it's different. I'm going through the motions. Right now, I'm like alive, man. Like, everything is so uh, HD magnified for me, you know, once I get in the fight mode and fight camp. So then that mixed with, uh, you're going to get paid on this one, News. <laughs> right. A little bit happy. I lost my yeah. mind. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's a lot of work, man. I've been doing it for a while, and... You keep asking for the raise. You keep going to your boss again. Oh, what's up, man? You know, look at all these hours I clocked in. Come on. I'm always here when, look, the guy's calling late. I'm sick. I this, that. I show up. What's up, man? We'll take that into consideration. How often Never. have you been asking for raises? How often have you been underpaid or felt underpaid? Me or Jorge? I'm looking at my manager to see if I can answer that. I've been feeling underpaid a lot of my career, man, a long part of my career. For the skill set that I have, definitely for a long time, man. I've beaten a lot of top five, top ten guys and just ended them, not not decisions, you know. So I've, I've felt I've been on a different pay scale for a long time. 
the world caught on, my the higher-ups in the UFC caught on, I'm happy and I'm going to take full advantage of it. The fight's November 2nd, so paint a picture for us. What will the next six weeks look like for you in terms of training, eating? Because you can eat some junk, right? You're Not not I, now. I can't. Not now. Not now, though. No, no, I, I could almost do whatever I want because I could just work it off. You know, it sounds unfair. A lot of people hate me for that, but I'll just run. I'll, I'll go to checkers and pick out, and then i just run it off, you know? It's not the best thing to do, but F it. Sometimes the, the urge is too strong to pass up on those french fries, so... <laughs> Oh, oh man. What did I tell you? You were doing so well. You had it. You did it. You edited yourself. And and once again, we're the show that gets the call from management. Why do people always curse on only your show? And now we need to give the standing eight count because we got to let the charge. Yeah, hold on a second. We've got to let uh, the delay here catch up. He's really disappointed in himself. It happens that fast. That's Askren. It can happen that fast where you think you're doing fine and then boom, you get a knee to the face. I'll let it slide once, okay? Just look, he's so despondent. He's so he, he feels really bad about himself. He was uh, trying, you, I, but no, you know what? He's you're also super amped up. Like you could tell, you right. are giddy, you're excited. Like you, you wish you were fighting tomorrow. It feels I like fight right now. Once that switch turns on, like you were saying, what's the next six weeks look like? To put it in like layman's terms, you just gotta push your soul. You just gotta make it hurt, make it burn. You know, to get in that physical type of shape, you got to do a lot of tasks. To, to get yourself in the physical type of shape that we need to be in to compete at this level. And a lot of it is soul-searching, man. Just getting after it hard, whether it be sprints on the bridge on Kiwi Skane or swimming for a good amount of time or going with your partners and having three fresh guys as they rotate in on you. It gets tough, you know, so I feel like out of every training camp, I almost become like a better person. It's weird because you got to wake up a little bit early and go to sleep later and, and all that discipline that it involves and, unless I go to checkers and, and F up. Um, what will happen after this? Jorge Masvidal in... <laughs> studio with us here ufc 244 in new york november 2nd get espn plus it's the only place that you can get it if you want to watch the fight but you're uh like you don't want to look past nate diaz but let's just say you not only headline with a percentage of the pay-per-view for the first time in a 16-year career in professional six, year we're not going to count the amateur right change. 16 professional years uh then what what can you because you have said this is for the baddest mother bleeper belt between you know west coast gangs gangster east coast gangster you two you are fighting for that belt what would happen if you beat him baddest mother ever belt <laughs> and then you Very can good. headline with it are you gonna get you have to get a belt made if you win that no they're you? making they're making the belt the UFC's making the belt they uh came up with i mean nate had the idea and then the UFC followed through so it's awesome you know <laughs> i mean who who what better picks could you get you know it's either one or the one with either pick the world's gonna be happy you know yeah that's true I am curious, Jorge, uh, when you got into that fight backstage after you knocked out uh, Darren Till earlier. That wasn't a fight. <laughs> which one wasn't a fight? The Darren Till one or the one or the fight backstage? Oh, no, that was a fight. No, the the incident backstage where I defended myself against the hooligans, that was just me just defending myself. But that wasn't a fight. Not a fight. Okay, good. So what happened, though? What happened back there? This individual had been being a bully to some extent for quite some time. I was doing my interview. And uh, after the till fight, and he decided to cut in and, and continue to be a bully. So I wanted to ask him what the problem was. Him and his uh, crew of hooligans um, got closer <laughs> to me. He put his hands up. Then I defended myself in favor of personal well-being and stuff. I didn't want to get hurt or nothing, you know. So I had to do what I had to do. Right. How often does it happen uh, where someone doesn't know who you are, doesn't know your training, and tries you in a Miami bar or somewhere else? 
That's why I don't go out in Miami. Because if not, I'd be telling you a story about last week. Some guy stepped on my shoes, pushed me. I fell to the ground. I was like, hey, what's the problem? The guy pulled out a gun. No, but I, I don't I don't go out too much. Um, But it does happen, you know, just because people are, are weird like that in different places, you know. Do, does your pride or emotion get in the way there? Or are you able to recognize, no, I'm, I could create, I could cause a lot of harm to someone else and my and my freedom if I start I, beating people up or my money? I stay away from, from places like that because... uh. I have like a self-built-in mechanism. Like if I sense danger, I'm either going to get out or fight my way out of there. So I'd rather not even put myself in those situations. Like if you ever, still, there's still a lot of shady people, right. especially in this fine city, you know, so we always got to be careful here. Have you ever like warned anyone who's tried you though? Like they, you know, I mean, looking at you, you're not that physically imposing and maybe yeah. they walk up and you're like, Hey, you know what I could do to you in about five seconds? You, you know, I've never had to say it. It's like transmitted through the eyeballs. Like when you look a wild animal in the eyes and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> no, I, I swear to you, I've never never had to say it. It's just like, I'll, I'll look you in the face and they'll know like, oh no, <laughs> there's no winning here. I'm going to die right now if I continue. I do I the same. Yeah. With the same yeah. yeah, if you're from Miami, you love Dan Lebitard and you love George slash Jorge Masvidal. I'll call him whatever he wants because he could beat me to an oblivion if he wanted to. Also, if you're from America, you love the Naked Cowboy. So a lot to love there. Stephen A. Smith, he loves America and he's going to speak on it next here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hope your Thursday is going good. I am Dan Day. Happy birthday to Busy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony. That's right, another music birthday. I love it. You know, Stephen A. Smith, he seems like he'd be down for some Bone Thugs and Harmony. Of course, earlier today, he wasn't talking about music. He was responding, responding to the upcoming California sports law. The response, welcome to America. And his response to certain forms of equality, hell no. The state of California, the Senate okays athletes bill NCAA calls harmful. The NCAA on Wednesday said legislation in California aimed at giving college athletes a chance to earn money while in school, known as the Fair Pay to Play Act, is harmful and unconstitutional and would, quote, upend the balance, end quote, of national competition in college sports. The organization's Board of Governors sent the letter Wednesday to California Governor Gavin Newsom asking that the state not pass the bill. California State Senate voted Wednesday, for those of you who don't know, to pass the Fair Pay to Play Act with a tally of 39 to 0. That's the Senate vote in California. The California State Assembly approved the bill by a 73 to 0 vote earlier this week. The bill now moves to Newsom, who will have 30 days to decide whether he will sign it into law. Here's my belief. 39 senators out of 39. 39 uh, uh, state senators out of uh, 39 voted in favor for the Fair Pay to Play Act. In terms of the state assembly, 73 out of 73 voted for it. Who the hell is the governor to say no? You've got elected officials from every crevice of the state of California. Every single one of them. 73 plus 39, which equals 112, all of them voted to pass this Fair Pay to Play Act, all right, and put it in the law. The bill is aimed at giving college athletes a chance to earn money while in school. Now, understand what the NCAA is saying. It will cause an up, it will upend the balance. Why? Because when you talk about athletes being able to make money off of their likeness and names, able to receive marketing deals, et cetera, endorsement deals, that kind of thing, because that's what they're talking about here, right? What you're saying is that somebody at Duke is going to get more than somebody at Drexel. What you're saying is somebody at the University of North Carolina. 
or playing at Kentucky under John, on John Calipari or something like that. It's going or somebody at Villanova is going to get paid or going to be compensated in a fashion that somebody at Mount St. Mary, all right, or Lehigh or someplace like that ain't going to get paid. Here's my response to all of that. Welcome to America. I mean, what the hell is this? I really don't understand it. Thank God for this. And forget whether I support it or not, because I do. But forget all of that for a second. This is the problem that I have with the NCAA and most of you damn people in these United States of America. Here's the problem. And by the way, at the, in the interest of you interpreting it as Stephen A. getting a little bit of political or whatever, I mean, damn it, so be it. So be it. I mean, I've had enough of this. I love America. I believe it's the greatest country in the world. Just came from France. Beautiful over there, by the way. Very, very beautiful. I want to say that. Very beautiful over in France. I'm going to hit Italy next. All right? Hit England next. But I'm from America. You understand? I'm a black man in America. Nobody has suffered more than us. You can make this stuff up all you want to. Those of you critics and you want to come at us talking about affirmative action, I got news for you. Nobody has benefited more from affirmative action than white women. That's right. I said it. Ask my man Bomani Jones. He knows. Brother's brilliant. I'm just telling you what I know. I ain't knocking it. I'm not one of these people that doesn't believe in gender equity or anything like that. To the victors go to spoils. If you got it like that and you can get it, God bless you. God bless you. This is America. I don't really understand this. So let me get this straight. If Zion is at Duke, but you got Bomani and Pablo playing at Drexel, and them brothers are going 500 every day, can't sniff the NCAA tournament, but this brother's competing for national championships while playing under Mike Krzyzewski. He's supposed to be equal to them? That ain't America. That ain't America. Everybody want to walk around it. See, there's the problem. Let me tell y'all something right now. I ain't getting into socialism, fascism, democracy, or whatever. I'm going to tell you this much, and I don't mean it in an incendiary way when I say this, because there are negatives about capitalism, no doubt. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm a capitalist. Do I think that everybody deserves equal stuff equally? Hell no. Hell no. I don't believe that. I believe those who are better deserves more than those who don't, who are not. By the way, my position is consistent. Y'all remember when this Title IX thing came down and we started talking about female sports out there and folks was talking about equal pay? No, I'm not down with that. I think some women deserve more than some men. I think Serena Williams, Coco Golf, Naomi Osaka, and they deserve more money than most of the men. But damn it, if they ain't Federer and Nadal and Djokovic and they don't have that box office appeal, even though we know Serena does, hey, that's the way it goes. You got women all over the place talking about, listen, female sports. You remember when the coach for Notre Dame, McGraw, McGraw, I think her name is, and she went off about women not being put in those positions. I played that tape over and over and over again because she was 1,000% correct. Women deserve to be in more positions of power and more positions of influence. No question about it. But when it comes to the dollars, if you ain't generating revenue, damn it, you don't deserve it. Period. 
We ain't talking women's tennis because we know what they can generate. But the WNBA makes less than NBA players for a reason. All these women in the world out here, why ain't y'all going to the WNBA games? Why ain't you going? You got the, you got, you got money. You got cachet. You got influence. How come you ain't going to the game? You right there. You got the freedom to go out there and support the WNBA. Walk through those turnstiles, pack 19,000 people inside Madison Square Garden for the Liberty, inside the Staples Centers for the Sparks, inside the Verizon Center in the nation's capital for the Mystics. I ain't going to get too much in the weeds of the WNBA team because damn it, I don't know all their names. I'm just being real with you. I'm just being real with you. I don't know all their names because I don't watch the WNBA like that. I watch some of them, but I don't watch all of them like that. My point is, these are females playing in the world of sports. There are enough, there are plenty of women out here in this world who are successful, who are making money, who can, who go to games, who love sports. But you know why the WNBA ain't making as much as the NBA? Because y'all ain't going to their games and supporting their product the way you support the NBA product. So why should you get paid the same? This stuff about equality, no, ladies and gentlemen, it's equal opportunity. That's where equality comes into play. Opportunity. But whoever you support, you support. And if somebody generates more support than somebody else, then damn it, the people that generate the most support to get the most money. That's capitalism. You really, really think that we like sitting here in America and our police officers, our law enforcement officials who put their lives on the line every day for us? You think we don't think they deserve money? How about the firefighters? How about doctors? You think we don't know better? Nurses, teachers, you think we don't know they deserve every penny they can get? But ladies and gentlemen, they don't generate revenue the way sports does, the way people on Wall Street might, the way the CEO of a Fortune 500 company might. That's why the money, that's why there's a discrepancy. Money go to those who generate it. They sat up there and they even talked about me. I remember I was in the news. People speculating how much money I was making, how much money I would make. You don't know and you'll never know from me. But let me tell you something. Do I believe that I deserve to be the lowest paid? Jonathan, Shannon, look at me when I'm talking to y'all. Do I believe? That I should be the lowest paid or some mid-range paid dude at ESPN or in the world of sports media? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Not with the work that I do, the hours that I put in, the ratings that I generate, the revenue that comes with it. You damn right I deserve to be paid. I ain't apologizing for nobody. This is America. I'm a capitalist, and I'll be damned if I'm going to apologize for that. The state of California. Stepped up on this. The NCAA is acting. I'm not accusing them of being this way, but in this particular case, they're acting like they're anti-capitalist. What the hell you mean equality? You ain't equal. The big five conferences, ain't they getting more money than other conferences? You ain't had no problem with that. You ain't had no problem. Nick Saban getting more money than some coach at Villanova. I guarantee you, Nick Saban getting more money than Cutcliffe and Duke. Dabo Sweeney signs a 90 plus million dollar contract, which he deserves. I ain't hear nobody complaining about that. 
We don't know how much money Mike Krzyzewski's making. I assure you it's top notch. I don't hear nobody complain about that. But it come to these kids. Oh, now we it's unfair. When you negotiate your deals with CBS for the NCAA tournament, I don't hear you sitting there complaining about that. But with the kids, oh, we got to be fair. You want to teach kid real life lessons? You remind them that this is America and to the victors go to spoils. You want a piece of this pie produce? You want more? Get it done. Hey, this is the revenue that we generated last year. You want more? Generate more interest. Generate more revenue. If you teach them about it, maybe you wouldn't have so much damn trouble. But we don't want to talk about that, do we? We want to walk around. We want to hide that reality. Ain't going to happen on this show. Ain't going to happen on this show. I'm not saying that money is everything. Obviously, principled positions come with everything that we do in life. Somehow, some way, you got to make choices every day. But I'll be damned if I show up to work every day out of the goodness and kindness of my heart. I'm trying to get paid. I ain't apologizing for that to nobody. I'll put in the work. I'll make it happen. I'll do what I can to bring value and equity to this mon- to this monstrous behemoth known as ESPN and Walt Disney. I'll do all of that. I'll have my hand out to get paid too. It ain't for free. If that's the real world, why are we acting like it's any different with these kids? Everybody don't get to be the same. Be good enough in basketball to be a Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and so on and North Carolina and so on and so forth. They come talk to me. Be good enough to be at Alabama or Clemson or Georgia in football or even LSU. And they come talk to me. If you ain't that good, that's why you ain't getting compensated the way somebody else might be compensated. Let's be real. Let's stop babying every damn body or acting like we're babying when in fact what we're trying to do is keep all the money for our own coffers instead of spreading the wealth around. Gluttony is one of the seven sins. Very few people are better at it than the NCAA. It's finally caught up to you now. You're going to have to do a little bit more sharing. Get the hell over it. This is how I go. This is marketing dollars and endorsement deals and stuff like that. Be happy that California hasn't locked in on making sure their schools in their state need to compensate the players, the student athletes directly. And oh, by the way, when I say compensation, I'm talking about football and basketball. If you're playing volleyball, be happy with your damn scholarship. It's not a revenue generator. If you're wrestling, be happy with your damn scholarship. It's not a revenue generator. Softball, I'm talking about you too. Stop it. Some of you should be happy with a damn scholarship. Some of you, it shouldn't be enough. That's capitalism. That's America. And by the way, I have no problem with it. As long as you get what you earn and you get what you deserve, I got no problem with it. Everyone doesn't deserve to be treated the same. Those who are elite should be compensated in a better fashion than those who are not, period. Well, let me stop that. I shouldn't say period because you you could act like a buffoon, like an idiot, like some people who remain nameless and get yourself in so much trouble that your greatness ain't worth it. That is possible. But that's the exception, not the rule. Okay, let's quiet things down a little bit and hear from Dolphins head coach Brian Flores on the Pats. Uh, Continuity is, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and then, you know, they got good players, good coaches. Uh, you know, uh, there's a system in place, a culture in place, and um, it's a group of guys that work hard. 
that understand the game uh, and they have good leadership really across the board. So all those things you know, amount to uh, sustain, sustained success, I believe, and uh, you know, they do a good job at all those things. They played well in all three phases, offense, defense, kicking game. Uh, they coached the game well. They played with good fundamentals, t technique. They played well all around. Uh, so it wasn't one particular area, which I think that's the thing that's impressive. Uh, they put pressure in all, in all phases. Uh, every snap counts. Uh, that's the kind of approach they take, and uh, it's a good approach to take. Dolphins Patriots Sunday, 1 o'clock right here on 560 The Joe WQAM. That about does it for the day. Be sure if you want to download the podcast, radio.com, anywhere you get your podcasts, our website, wqam.com. I'm Dan Day. Thanks for listening to another edition of the best of The Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.